start this recording now. We're going to be in Jeremiah chapter 12. If you want to be turning there, hopefully everybody's got a handout by now. Thank you for reminding me, Pam Anderson. Jim, hopefully you and Sherry are online. You're sitting in a motel room just uh, sitting back a little bit. They needed a break and get away. They went to uh, some kind of tulip festival. I think it's in Iowa. So, uh, and I, I know uh, we should have prayed for Pat. Pat Lee has had some health issues recently, and so uh, not not good. But I, th- I think I'll bring up a little bit more about Israel as we get uh, toward the end of our message today, because uh, Jeremiah 12 talks about the enemies of Israel, and so uh, I think I'll just set my computer aside for a minute maybe that'll stay up there yeah I hope everybody's had a a good week. I know it's kind of sitting in rainy now, but uh, Emmett says you guys are about done planting, so that's good. Well, he said you made some headway this week, <laughs> at least with the corn. <clears throat> well, here in Jeremiah chapter 12, uh, who would like to read these first four verses for us? Because uh, Jeremiah, this is his prayer. Uh, Pam, you got those? Yes. <clears throat> Righteous art thou, O Lord, when I plead with thee. Yet let me talk with thee in thy judgment. Wherefore doth the way of the wicked prosper? Wherefore are all they happy that deal very treacherously? Thou hast planted them, yea, they have not. Ta- they have taken root. They grow, yea, they bring forth fruit. Thou art near in their mouth and far from their reins. But thou, O Lord, knowest me. Thou hast seen me and tried my heart toward thee. Pull them out like sheep for the slaughter, and prepare them for the day of slaughter. How long shall the land mourn, and the herbs of every field wither, for the weakness of them that dwell therein? The beasts are consumed, and the birds, because they said, He shall not see our last end. So Jeremiah starts off just telling God, you know, God, you're righteous, O Lord. And then he he makes this uh, statement, wherefore doth the way of the wicked prosper? And he he asks these two questions, wherefore are all they happy that deal very treacherously? And so he's he's saying, God, if if you are righteous, and and I believe you are, why are the wicked prospering and why are people who dealing treacherously why do they seem to be happy <clears throat> and so that's something maybe all of us have asked from time to time like you know why am i struggling along and wicked people seem to be doing well and going about their merry way and uh, people in here kind of nodding their heads and, and maybe even uh, thinking that uh, even now <clears throat> And uh, and then he asks a third question down in verse 4. Uh, it, he just says, how long? That's how he starts verse 4. And so we, we've all even wondered that. You know, how long? You know, we, we think of even our brother Ed. He's 
kind of laid up or Gwen Arney and Gail and Rodney you think gosh uh, these these are all good people Lord why are they suffering and why does it seem like you know the uh, Kardashians or you know whatever popular person you can think of that uh, are not uh, following the Lord why are they seeming to be doing okay and uh, th- there's a couple of places typically I go to Psalm 73 but I thought I would go to Job this morning uh, we, we have been studying the, the book of Job in our uh, HBI class and so hold your place here and, and let's all look at Job 21 he says some of the same things that's in Jer- uh, Psalm 73 <clears throat> so I put both of those references on your handout but if you will go to Job 21 and Job, Job answers some of these questions hey David we are in uh, Jeremiah chapter 9 but we are uh, trying to answer some of his questions to the Lord he asked Lord you know if you are righteous how come the wicked keep prospering and people that deal treacherously why do they seem to be happy and so Job 21 uh, answers this uh, for us Job 21 7 and I'm going to read all the way through verse 30 I think Psalm, or Proverbs 21 verse 7 because he says wherefore do the wicked live become old yea are mighty in power it's some of the same stuff that Jeremiah is asking he says in verse 8 of Job 21 their seed is established in their sight with them and their offspring before their eyes their houses are safe from fear neither is the rod of God upon them their bull gendereth and faileth not their cow calveth and casteth not her calf um, I remember thinking that exact same thing, verse 10, uh, when we had our cattle on the farm and uh, the year the year we went broke in 1983, that uh, our, our cattle just didn't do very good and our crops failed and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, anyway, verse 11, it says, They send forth their little ones like a flock and their children dance. They take up the timbrel and harp and rejoice at the sound of the organ. They spend their days in wealth and in a moment go down to the grave. Therefore they say unto God, Depart from us, for we desire not the knowledge of thy ways. What is the Almighty that we should serve him? And what profit should we have if we pray unto him? Lo, their good is not in their hand. The counsel of the wicked is far from me. How oft is the candle of the wicked put out? How oft cometh their destruction upon them? God distributeth sorrows in his anger. They are as stubble before the wind, and as chaff that the storm carrieth away. God layeth up his iniquity for his children. He rewardeth him, and he he shall know it. His eyes shall see destruction, and he shall drink of the wrath of the Almighty. For what pleasure hath he in his house after him, when the number of his months is cut off in the midst? Shall any teach God knowledge, seeing he judges those that are high? 
One dieth in his full strength, being wholly at ease and quiet. His breasts are full of milk, and his bones are moistened with marrow. And another dieth in the bitterness of his soul, and never eateth with pleasure. They shall lie down alike in the dust, and the worm shall cover them. Behold, I know your thoughts and the devices which ye wrongfully imagine against me. So Job saying this to his friends. For ye say, Where is the house of the prince? And where is the dwelling place of the places of the wicked? Have ye not asked them that go by the way, and do ye not know their tokens? He says that the wicked is reserved to the day of destruction. They shall be brought forth to the day of wrath. And so that that's kind of the key to this, is regardless of... Uh, I, I thought there in verse... Uh, 23 it says one dieth in his full strength being wholly at ease and quiet and then in verse 25 and another dieth in the bitterness of his soul and never eateth with pleasure and so God works it out at the judgment I guess is, is kind of what we're saying here is God doesn't settle all his accounts in 2021 does he there, there is. Uh, we we can. Uh, the, the Bible says to lay up treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and thieves do not break uh, through and steal. And so uh, that that's where our treasure is, isn't it? And um, you know, it, it says in Proverbs that the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. And uh, I know I don't know if you guys seen in the headlines this week that uh, Bill and Melinda Gates are getting a divorce, and their estates about a hundred and sixty-five billion, I think it was, or one hundred and thirty billion, maybe a sixty-five billion apiece if they split it up equally. But you think you know if 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 Bill and Melinda Gates don't get saved, their wealth is laid up for the just, and in the millennium when we rule and reign with Christ. Uh, you know, uh, maybe you or I are going to be running Microsoft or whatever. Uh, <clears throat> we'll have some of the wealth that they've. Uh, so anyway, uh, does anybody else have any any comments about that? Because my my the thing I that I hold to in in Jeremiah twelve verse four, he asks how long and that that little phrase is you know i think 50 or 60 times in the bible how long and it reminds me and, and i put the verse on your handout did you guys get a handout the 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 first blank there is the word long suffering and, and this is a pretty wild thought this teaching point i gave you is from second peter 3 verse 9 it's one of our memory verses. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness. And and look who He's long-suffering toward. It says, but His long-suffering to usward. You would think that that would say that He's long-suffering toward the lost, giving them time to be saved. He's actually long-suffering toward us. He wants... Angie and Carol and Tom and and Steve and Leo and Amita and Emmett and Pam and Chuck and Shannon and Dave and Pam. He wants us to have 
long enough time to reach those in our network that aren't saved, doesn't he? And, and that's a when somebody pointed that out, I think, well, yeah, God's long suffering. He he's suffering long because he wants people to be saved. But he's long suffering toward usward because he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So that's just kind of a wild thought. Um, I was actually in a. Uh, how many of you have heard of uh, High Street Baptist Church in Springfield? Only one, maybe. It's a big, a big church, isn't it? It, it is a big one. Uh, I've heard it. Uh, well, I actually went there once, and that's where I learned this. We had a, a Messianic Jew that taught our Sunday school that morning, and um, I forget why we was there, but uh, some people from our church came out of that church. Uh, I mean, they moved here. They didn't, you know, just leave, but... Uh, Anyway, it's just a good Baptist church in Springfield, Missouri, and uh, but anyway, it was a Jewish teacher, and he 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 pointed that out that that verse is saying that God is long suffering to us, where us believers, because He's not willing that any should perish. So that was very interesting. Now look at uh, Jeremiah 12, and this verses five and six. And uh, Angie, can you read that for us? Uh, Jeremiah twelve five and six, because <clears throat> God God gives them a riddle here. If thou hast run with the footmen and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with horses? And if in the land of peace wherein thou trustest, trustest, uh, they wearied thee, then how wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan? For even thy brethren and the house of thy father, even the they have dealt treacherously with thee. Yea, they have called a multitude after thee. Believe them not, though they speak fair words unto thee. So uh, I just put the word riddle in your blank there. God answers Jeremiah with this riddle. He's like, Jeremiah, if you are getting weary running with other men, how are you going to keep up with horses? How can you contend with them? And if you're trusting in this homeland of yours, how are you going to do when I flood it with the swelling of Jordan? So he gives him this riddle here. It's kind of a rebuke. because, uh, <clears throat> And it's interesting how God answered Job kind of in the same way. He answers him out of the whirlwind. It's kind of like, uh, you know, put on your big boy britches, Job. You know, I'm God, you're not. I don't have to explain uh, why you're suffering. And so he gives Jeremiah kind of the same answering. He's like, in verse 6, uh, Even the brother of the house of thy father, they have dealt treacherously with thee. Uh, anyway, if he can't withstand opposition from his own countrymen, how's he going to do when uh, king and other leaders bring suffering upon him? And if if in times of peace you don't have peace, how are you going to do when the war comes and the enemy is invading the whole land? That's kind of what God's saying to him. And so uh, he he warns his uh, not to believe his brethren uh, fair fair words. And I, and I gave you a, a verse there from Matthew. It says, "And a man's foe shall be they of his own household." So Jeremiah is getting some opposition from his own household, the uh, people of Ananoth, where he grew up, uh, maybe from his own family. It says his brethren there. <clears throat> 
Uh, have, you, have any of you ever felt like that, that your own relatives are kind of against you? I mean, that seems to be the hardest hardest group to witness to sometimes, doesn't it? You guys are laughing. Were you thinking of somebody, something in particular? Yeah. yeah. Anything you can share? <laughs> okay. But, I mean, I went, I went through that too. I mean, I feel like you would think your family would be happy, you're saved, you're at a Bible-believing church, but not necessarily so. It's kind of a... Um, it, it, uh, we, we had to... And, and you know, in, uh, in Revelation, because uh, c- c- we, we were in a church that was kind of teaching false doctrine, and, you know, I'm thinking, well, we need to reform this church, and we need to teach good doctrine and teach the Bible, but uh, the Bible says in Revelation to to come out of her, and it's talking about uh, Babylonian false worship, uh, the people need to come out of there instead of trying to reform it from within. And um, I had a pastor tell me very wisely that just uh, stay there, continue to teach the Word of God until God closes the door. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was just really good because it was very clear when God did close the door and we were able to uh, leave that church and, and come to a good Bible-believing church. And... Uh, and and it, I think it took time with our relatives that weren't uh, happy about us making the changes that we had to make. Uh, but over time, they you know they they come to us kind of one on one. You know what what does your church do to make you want to read the Bible? And and they they were asking you know sincere questions, and it was non confrontational. But uh, at the time, it was kind of kind of uh, Harry's like man the people you love and care about they're against you and so Jeremiah felt that way and it and so it is that a man's foes will be those uh, they of his own household oftentimes and uh, I gave you just on your teaching point there uh, the psalmist uh, God doesn't let his enemies triumph or rejoice over him. And so God will give you peace in the middle of the storm, won't he? Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he did us and sound like he has. Any any other comments on that? Uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, Jer- Jeremiah, I uh, think things get a lot worse for him before they get better. So I think God's preparing him, you know, because... He he actually goes head to head with false prophets. He stands before the king and he's telling the truth. And uh, the king has him thrown in a dungeon and he's nearly to die in this pit before it's over. So God's telling him here. I think that's around verse uh, chapter thirty when we get there. But God's telling him here, you know, if you're getting tired of running with the footman, you know, wait till you start running with horses. It's going to get uh, much more grievous. So, anyway, in these next uh, set of verses, seven through thirteen. Uh, God speaks and he, he says several times he uses like first person like uh, my mine house, mine heritage, my soul, my vineyard, my pleasant portion. <clears throat> and he says that uh, in these next uh, half dozen verses or so. 
excuse me. But he, but he says something here in in verse nine that helped me. He he says, "Mine heritage is unto me as a speckled bird." And if you hold your place there and, and look at Genesis, because when you read when you read some of these stories in the Bible, you think, "Why why does the Bible say that?" And this just sounds pretty far fetched. <clears throat> And I don't, I don't know, uh, maybe fully why, but let's let's all look at Genesis chapter thirty. <clears throat> and this is when uh, there there came a time when uh, when Jacob had remember he worked uh, seven years and Laban gave him uh, Leah to to be his wife and he worked seven more years for for Rachel. And so he's getting ready to leave Laban and he's got all these flocks and herds of cattle and sheep and goats. And in Genesis 30, verse 32, it says, I will pass through all thy flocks today, removing from thence all the speckled and spotted cattle and all the brown cattle among the sheep and the spotted and speckled among the goats and of such like uh, shall and of such shall be my hire so laban is kind of given him and to me this is kind of a like god why did you, why do you say this in your bible <clears throat> but uh it's kind of like the ones that don't match the others kind of the the outcast almost in verse 33, so shall my righteousness answer for me in time to come, when it shall come for my hire before thy face, every one that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and brown among the sheep, that shall be counted stolen with me. And Laban said, Behold, I would it might be according to thy word. And he removed that day the he-goats that were ring-straked and spotted and all the she-goats that were speckled and spotted and every one that had some white in it and all the brown among the sheep. And he gave them into the hand of his sons. And he set three days' journey betwixt himself and Jacob. And Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. And Jacob took him rods of green poplar and of the hazel and chestnut tree and pilled white strakes in them and made the white appear which was in the rods. And he set the rods which he had pulled before the flocks in the gutters in the watering troughs when the flocks came to drink and they should that they should conceive when they came to drinks drink and the flocks conceived before the rods and brought forth cattle ring straked speckled and spotted and uh, I'll stop there that's where we get the saying there's something in the water right because uh, God did something kind of miraculous here Jacob put rods of sticks in the water and uh, all those ring straked and spotted and speckled and sheep they all uh got pregnant and they they brought forth cattle so it's kind of so as you read that uh, you kind of wonder what God is doing I mean it's obvious 
that Jacob's flock is no longer like Laban's. Laban kept the ones that all looked more alike, and these are kind of the odd ones. And uh, and now we get to Jeremiah, <clears throat> and he says, "Mine heritage is unto me as a, spot, a speckled bird." So he used the same word, speckled. And speckled means uh, meaning to mark. It's by puncturing or branding as spotted or speckled was <clears throat> the meaning. And so uh, I think this is just kind of God saying that his people are peculiar. They're not like everybody else. There's something different. Uh, he, he puts a mark on his people. And he even says, I think the teaching point I gave you there on the back page was that Jesus was spotted. He was black and blue so that we could be uh, presented without spot. And Jesus uh, was striped so that we could be healed by his stripes. That's from Isaiah. So that's kind of the parallel I made there, that God's saying that his house is like a speckled bird, and he likens his inheritance, his heritage, to this peculiar people. And so that that's kind of what I, I gleaned from that. Uh, does that make sense? Or I know it's kind of a weird story in the Old Testament, but there's some reason for that. And God used this rods in the water to make his the, his flock very uh, very uh, prosperous, and He blessed it. So anyway, we're we've uh, we're not to be like uh, we're in the world, but not of the world. And so, uh, anyway, I gave you just a a few more points there that uh, in verse 10 and 11, it talks about the pastors of of Jerusalem actually caused their destruction and downfall and desolation. And he, uh, in verse 12, he calls uh, the spoilers are the sword of the Lord. So God uses the Babylonian uh, people that are going to come upon them as his own sword. And then uh, it even talks in verse 13 about spoiling their harvest. Their their harvest is not going to, the wheat that they've sown, they're not going to, they're going to reap thorns instead of wheat and they're they're not going to profit. So now in Jeremiah 12 verses 14 through 17 through the rest of this do you see there uh, thus saith the Lord verse 14 against all mine evil neighbors and I thought I would look at the map here I don't know if you can see uh, if you can turn that Tom but we're going to look at the map just a little bit I don't feel like it's up tall enough if you guys can see it or not but uh, too tall Huh? Betson is watching. Oh, okay. Brother Betson is watching this morning. He's uh, in Zambia, Africa. So, shout out to you, Brother Betson. He is, they're like six hours ahead of us. And uh, he called me last Sunday morning, I think I told you. And uh, he knows Brother Brian Calloway and uh, Dan Jalowick that were here for our vision conference. And so, uh, anyway, I don't know exactly how we got connected, but he friended me on Facebook. And But anyway, uh, we're looking at a map of Israel here. <clears throat> 
And I don't know if this is maybe the best map I wanted to look at because Jeremiah is talking here about the enemies of Israel. This next one might be a little bit. So this, let's look at this one. This is more the uh, 12 tribe. But I don't know if you can see down along. This is, does anybody know what this is called down here? I'll give you a hint. It's something, there's a strip of land here. The Gaza Strip. There we go. And so uh, <clears throat> the Gaza Strip, You'll, uh, if you could see these names, uh, actually Gaza was a town there, but uh, Ashkelon and Ashdod and Ekron, and uh, they even think that Gath was right by there. And who grew up in Gath that we know of? A giant. A giant. Goliath. Goliath was from Gath. And so this was uh, historically the homeland of the Philistines. And I I believe that that's, and, and, and others do too, that believe that that's where the word Palestine came from, was from Philistia, where the Philistines lived. And I think that's where Palestine, so even though Palestine is not in your Bible, I think there's some other theories about that. But, um, so you've heard about that this week. I think over 2,000 rockets have been launched out of Gaza this week. And uh, <clears throat> I, I don't know, uh, some of you know I went to Israel in 2019, and they intentionally didn't take us to the Gaza area we we did go down to the Dead Sea and uh, Jericho uh, I think Jericho's over in here no I don't see Jericho on here I'm, I'm trying to think it, it was I bet it's close to where Gilgal is now so maybe it was up here so we we did go to those areas. Of course, Jerusalem's right here. So we went to Jerusalem, but uh, we intentionally didn't go to Gaza just because it's such a heated area because it is controlled by the Palestinians and uh, particularly the uh, terrorist group called Hamas is from there. And um, I, I read one thing this week, just some of the conflict. Uh, and, and you might have heard that uh, Israel was launching a ground campaign against the Palestinians and they did that somehow they leaked that to the press and it, it caused some of the Palestinians to move some of their tanks away from uh, some of their tunnels and it it was just really a great victory for the Israelis because it now revealed where some of their underground tunnels were and the Israelis bombed a lot of their tunnels. And I think to date, about 130 Palestinians have died. And last count, it was either seven or nine Israelis. So like 130 to seven or nine was kind of the death count. And not that we're cheering for anybody to die. But, uh, <clears throat> and, and so our, our country's walking a pretty fine line because they, they did... 
uh, elect for the UN to release release like ten million dollars to go to the Palestinians, the the terrorists. Uh, so we we helped get them ten million dollars in the middle of this. But at the same time, we told uh, <clears throat> the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu that uh, he he had our full uh, blessing to. Uh, you know, engage the enemy or, you know, protect their homeland. So, Arca, and uh, there were some bombs. Uh, right here is uh, Joppa. And I think just north of there is where Tel Aviv is. And that, that's where the the uh, that's where we flew into that. Tel Aviv is their second largest city. And uh, our tour guide said he didn't necessarily like Tel Aviv because it was kind of their version of of Las Vegas. It's kind of like Sin City, he called it, because it, it's very modern. It was kind of uh, built. Uh, so whereas Jerusalem is very ancient and old and uh, it's their largest city, uh, Joppa and the Tel Aviv area is the second largest. And so they, they sent bombs to there even. And uh, I, I think I heard on the radio yesterday that uh, the the Palestinians have a lot more arsenal. Uh, they have over 10,000 artillery, and they've shot 2,000 of them. So they've got a lot more they could send. And we, we think uh, a lot of it's being uh, <clears throat> funded by Iran. You know, they're, they're funding Hamas, and so they're getting support. So anyway, just a, a lot of conflict. Uh, there's even some. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know if you. There's a big. There's a big area uh, over here called the West Bank, and they call it the West Bank because it's the West Bank of the Jordan River. And so this is Jordan on this side, but they call it the West Bank because of the Jordan River. <clears throat> and uh, so there's a lot of conflict there, even. And so uh, I think they're kind of getting hit from the north, even uh, maybe Syria and from Gaza and from the West Bank. And so just a, a lot of uh, conflict. Has anybody else kind of heard or thought about all these things a little bit? And it's right around, uh, I don't know if uh, you guys probably can't see that, but it's right at the uh, May 14th of 1948 is when uh, <clears throat> this is Harry Truman. And uh, see if I can get this up here without disrupting the feed. There, this guy named uh, I'm going to say Elihu Elthan. He presented this ark. This is some kind of an ark here to President Truman. And uh, it really, it really goes through some good history here. It even mentions this: uh, although the United States supported the Balfour Declaration of 1917, that was uh, right around the time of World War One. This, this is a famous Balfour Declaration, and it supports the establishment of the Jewish land. It was really World War II that helped get the Jew back to the land. And uh, 
anyway, they're just it was very kind of touch and go there, and there's some Israelis even in the United States that helped uh, Harry Truman make this decision, and uh, of course he's from Missouri, right where we at, and we I drive by Truman Corners every morning on my way to work, and his homeland, his uh, house, I think is still standing out behind there, his little farmhouse. <clears throat> So anyway, all this is just really relevant just on the 73rd anniversary of Israel becoming a nation. There's all this conflict and, and maybe that's part of the uprising. And in our country, <clears throat> of course, we have uh, historically supported the Jews, but uh, they're, they're, they're still pushing for what they call a two-state solution. What, what does that mean? What does that mean to have a two-state solution to the conflict? We want to be recognized as a country. Right. Right. So there's like six or eight countries. There's like uh, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Syria, uh, Egypt on the south, uh, Lebanon. Uh, It seems like there's maybe one more. I don't know if Iran's part of that, but there's these, that's what the PLO means, Palestinian Liberation Organization. They're wanting to liberate. And so our country is trying to help say to the Israel, uh, somehow we're wanting to trade land for peace. And Israel is saying, no, this is our land. And the Bible says this is their land that God gave them. And so... uh, Anyway, that, that's where the conflict is uh, over the land and particularly uh, around Jerusalem. And it's just such a contested and, and r- r- right, particularly right where they want to build the temple on the, on the Temple Mount. And so all this is just very, uh, anyway, it's very timely that we're talking about these things. It's, it's heating up and it's exciting and there's all these troubles in our own land. And so we all kind of feel it and maybe we're safe when we go to bed at night, but uh, there's a lot of people that aren't uh, safe. And so hopefully we're praying about these things and uh, just asking the Lord to work out his will because, uh, I mean, our own country's kind of a mess and, uh, you know, we, we complain about gas prices. That's, you know, it sounds like we're fortunate to have gas. There was a big thing this week, the gas uh, shortage caused by like a hacker, like a, it was a software thing. And I think the hackers were able to con the people out of money. So the pipeline's back open, but it was a big deal this week. And uh, they had to pay. I mean, they... The the company paid. Yeah, the company had to pay. Yeah. Um, How much was it? Three hundred fifty billion. Billion. Million. Million. Yeah. Still, I mean. And the government, our government, didn't step in and do nothing. They said that's your problem instead of stepping in and saying yeah. Well, it seemed like everyone's gonna do it. I mean, you know. Yeah, exactly. They said it. Huh. They just shut the pumps down. They just, yeah. That's all they're doing is pumping from Houston up. I mean, that's how pipeline warns. They just blow that fuel up through the... Huh. You know, and then it goes into the gas racks, and they pick up their fuel as it goes by. And uh-huh. How many barrels they perceive they're going to need. Uh-huh. And they pump it on forward. Huh. Well, and... Uh 
So yeah, it affected a lot of the some of the southern states, but a lot of I heard that like Washington D.C., like eighty percent of the gas stations were out of gas, mm-hmm. like eighty percent. That's significant in Washington D.C. It's like man, so there's just a lot of big things happening in the world, in our country, and. The day that uh, you know we we announced that the CDC announced we don't have to wear a mask anymore, my company set out put out a statement that we you know, we want to be conservative, so we still have to wear a mask. And so uh, anyway, that that's a big. It's the only thing they're conservative about. Them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing else. So anyway, uh, Israel has some evil neighbors here in Jeremiah 12 verse 14. That's what he says. Uh, Thus saith the Lord against all mine evil neighbors that touch the inheritance which I have caused my people Israel to inherit. Behold, I will pluck them out of their land and pluck out the house of Judah from among them. So it's it's kind of weird. When, when Babylon comes in and takes Jerusalem, they also capture some of Israel's neighbors. And verse 15 says, And it shall come to pass, after that I have plucked them out, I will return and have compassion on them, and will bring them again, every man to his heritage, and every man to his land. And it shall come to pass, if they will diligently learn the ways of my people, to swear to my name, the Lord liveth, as they taught my people to swear by Baal, then shall they be built in the midst of my people. But if they will not obey, I will utterly pluck up and destroy that nation, saith the Lord. <clears throat> now, uh, so some of Judah's neighbors went with them to, to captivity and they were plucked up. And God says, you know, I'm going to return my people and people can return with them, but they have to learn my people's ways and they have to uh, convert to Judaism and following God's law. And so he has compassion. And we're going to see in Jeremiah, God actually tells Jeremiah to buy some land. And that sounds so foolish like Judah's getting ready to be captured and God says Jeremiah I want you to go buy some land and uh, I forget which chapter talks about it we'll get there but it's 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 a promise that the Jews are going to be coming back to the land and so even the, even though they're captured and he buys the land for you know pennies on the dollar um it, it it gives them that great hope that they're going to come back and that land will be his when he comes back from captivity. Um, so in verse 15, uh, God has compassion on his heritage and he's going to bring him back to the land. And l- let's look at one place where God promises that. Look, look at Ezekiel. We're going to look over to the right a couple books to Ezekiel chapter 11. Ezekiel 11. And uh, who wants to read 17 through 20 for us? Uh, Dave, are you going to... Are you going there? Okay. 
17, 11, or I'm sorry, chapter 11 and verses 17 through 20. Therefore say, thus saith the Lord God, I will even gather you from the, from the people and assemble you out of the countries where ye have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. And they shall come thither, and they shall take away all the detestable things therefore, and all the abominations thereof from thence. And I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of their flesh, and will give them a heart of flesh. And they may walk in my statute, and keep my ordinance, and do them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. Yeah, so a lot of these... Like we read in Jeremiah 12, and you, you can go back there now, but they have they have kind of a double fulfillment. So, uh, from from a child, I have heard of Babylonian captivity, and may, maybe some of you have too. And when I when I went to Israel, and uh, I went to uh, Tel Aviv on the bus ride from Tel Aviv to our airport or to our motel. <laughs> Our tour guide said, just real passingly, just said, you know, he said something about when our people were taken captive by Babylon in the year 586 B.C. And he said the very same thing that I've heard preachers and teachers say for years. And uh, it just really helped confirm, you know, the people of Israel, they know that they were taken captive in Babylon. It's a historical thing. And so I'm not just trying to teach something from the Bible that I made up. This happened in history, and Jeremiah is warning his people, uh, if we don't return to the Lord, the, in, the enemy is going to take us captive. And In fact, he's saying it's too late. Uh, they are coming. We've been worshiping Baal. We've been teaching our children to worship Baal. We've been involved in idolatry. And the time that uh, God kind of throws in the towel is when there's no there's no remedy. There's no way to fix what's going on there. He's just got to pluck them up and take them captive and put them in a foreign land and leave them there for 70 years till some of the wicked folks die off and this remnant is preserved. And he brings back with Ezra and with Nehemiah and with Zerubbabel. And uh, I gave you a list of what we call... Uh, so your last two blanks are post-exilic. Let me write that up here. Even though we don't use that word really. Uh, post means past. And I don't know if that's the right way to spell it. Uh, but exilic means they had been in exile and now they're coming back. So these post-exilic books here are Ezra, Nehemiah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. And there may be one more. <clears throat> I can't remember. I, uh, I'll probably give you that whole list because that's kind of how most people break down the um, the prophets they have what they call pre-exilic books 
Jeremiah is a pre-exilic book. It's before they go into exile. And then there's exilic books. Uh, that's Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Because remember, Daniel's in captivity and uh, Ezekiel's in captivity. And then the post-exilic is Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. I don't, I don't think I put Esther in yours. Uh, Esther, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. <clears throat> anyway, so I don't know if that uh, all makes sense or not. But uh, so there. But there, what I'm saying is, there's a double fulfillment. So uh, Ezra goes back, him and Zerubbabel, and they they build the foundation of the temple. And then remember, Nehemiah comes back and builds the walls, and that's what he's famous for. <clears throat> and so uh, that's that's the same. Uh, they built the same temple that Jesus walked in. That's a, that's the second temple. So what we're getting ready to read about in Jeremiah is Nebuchadnezzar takes the city, breaks down the walls, plucks up the people, uh, destroys the temple, and burns it with fire. So when Ezra and Nehemiah and Zerubbabel uh, come back, they, they build the foundation, they build the temple, and then... Uh, uh, <coughs> Some people call the temple that Jesus walked in, they call it Herod's temple. Do you know why they might say that? You're smiling, Pam. What are you thinking? Well, because he made it better. Yes. Yeah, Pam is exactly right. Uh, So King Herod, the one that tried to kill all the uh, baby Uh, at the time of Christ's birth he tried to have all the male children two and under killed he was a great builder in fact there's still some buildings in Jerusalem today Uh, he's called Herod the Great and uh, he's kind of comparable with Solomon with his ability to build so he was very sympathetic toward the Jews and he refurbished the temple that Ezra and Nehemiah Uh, built he he made it more elaborate and so that is the temple so it's the same temple that Ezra and Nehemiah and those guys uh, built and uh, you know almost 400 years later you can imagine a 400 year old building might be a little bit dilapidated and so King Herod made it into a a grander structure and I think he maybe you know, built some of the walls that are even there today. You know, you know some of those. Uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of tunnels around Jerusalem, and uh, right there at the Temple Mount, uh, right beside the Wailing Wall, you've all seen the Wailing Wall on TV. Right beside it is what they call Hezekiah's Tunnels, and and, and they got a path going up through there, and they've got rooms even in there. That are all underground, and and one of them uh, very elaborate. It's like some big meeting room, and it had real fancy chairs and glass things. And I mean, it was way bigger than this room. It was as big as our sanctuary, probably. Mm. <clears throat> this room, underground room, with and we it was kind of roped off. We didn't go in there, <clears throat> but they allowed you to go along had these Hezekiah's tunnels. And uh, you know there was several hundred feet. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say a mile, but maybe an eighth or a quarter mile that we walked underneath there. And 
and some of the foundation stone, I mean, they had videos in there of how they think some of these, the stone itself weighed a hundred tons. A <laughs> hundred ton stone. One stone. And, I mean, you, you, I mean, it, it was as long as this room and about as tall as this room. I don't know how wide it must have been. But, yeah, it was like 20 feet. Maybe it was 40 feet. But, anyway, it's just unbelievable. And, and they think that Hez- or, uh, King Herod did some of that work of building those walls. And so it was just very fortified. It's really uh, amazing. <clears throat> now, I don't, I don't know if everybody got all their blanks but on the back page of your thing the top one was the word striped Jesus was striped so that we could be healed remember he got uh, flogged and beaten with the whip and so he was by his stripes were healed Isaiah says and then your second blank was the word utterly And, and I thought that was just very descriptive when you talk about something is going to be utterly plucked up or utterly destroyed it's like totally decimated, isn't it? It's like completely wiped out. And uh, so he used the word utterly, and then the last two blanks were just post-exilic is what I gave you. But anyway, uh, thank you for joining us online. And uh, Brother Betson, I'll look forward to talking to you more, brother. Hopefully this was edifying to you. He is a uh, young pastor, and I think he's only in his 20s, and he's a, a single man, and he just asks for our prayers as he uh, uh, seeks a wife and seeks to lead his congregation for the Lord. I I think their church is uh, maybe 30 or 40 people. And so he sent me some pictures, and so uh, we're glad you joined us today, brother. And uh, Anyway, hopefully you're enjoying uh, the book of Jeremiah. There's a lot there. There's just a lot of history. Hopefully you're not too bored by the history. But you can see it's it's in the front page of our newspapers, isn't it? It's on the it's on our TV screens, uh, Jerusalem, and uh, all that's going on. So anyway, let's uh, go ahead and sign off, Tom, and then I'll just have a word of prayer here. If you want to finish that up, and uh, we do need to pray for Pat, his health as well as uh, just pray for Jim and Sherry to get back safely. <clears throat> so uh, I'll, I'll do that now. We'll, we'll pray and we'll be dismissed. So Father in Heaven, we do thank You for just this book of the Bible, Jeremiah, that's, uh, gosh, the, the day we're studying about uh, Israel's evil neighbors, uh, all of our news uh, networks are talking about the conflict in the Middle East. And so, Lord, this is uh, just relevant of the 73rd anniversary of Israel becoming a nation and it's sprouting its green fig leaves like Matthew 24 says. And um, we know that summer is nigh. Uh, even the season summer is here, but uh, Father, it could be just uh, rapture season. So, Lord, we uh, we know that you're long suffering to us, Lord, and you're not willing that any should perish. And so, help us to be good stewards of our time, our talent, and our treasure. I do thank you for each soul present here, Lord. You you said it, it you can save with fewer many, and there's there's just a few of us. And so, I pray you use us to save others 
And uh, Lord, I pray for your servant uh, Jim and Sherry as they're away. I pray you'll bring them back safely. I pray for your servant Pat Lee as he's uh, his health is uh, <clears throat> a little unstable and he just didn't feel like coming this morning. We lift him up to you by name. Pray for his body to be made whole and help him to uh, <clears throat> with all his uh, ministry pursuits and his vision for what he, he wants to do for you these last days. And So bless this class. Bless this church. We uh, just carefully give all the glory to Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Let me shut that off.